0: On the NSO pod, Tom Corbett with Sterling Pingree. What a week of football. Minus, you know, what, the Sunday night game and the Sunday morning game. The middle was great. A lot of close games in the middle. A
1: lot don't of field goal the, kicks the to thurs- win. Don't forget the Thursday game was terrible as well. It was what, those Panthers-Bears. I mean, what... Once in a while. Is it wrong that, like, when I see the Jets come up on primetime, I'm kind of like, oh. I think it's, like
0: it's become, it's, I think we talked about this last week, and we're like, oh, no, we get it. Zach Wilson's fun. yes,
1: yeah. Just to see, because something's going to happen, good, bad. It's one of the two. It, it, it's like a team trying to win left handed because the quarterback, you know, is terrible, but the defense is really good, and they have a talented running back. But the offensive line's awful. Like, there's just this, like, they should be able to do it, but maybe they can't. So it it kind of is this, like, organized chaos theory. It's sort of, I was reminded today, remember when during the pandemic, the Broncos lost all their quarterbacks and had to start Kendall Hinton at quarterback because he played it in, like, high school or something? You know, it's kind of like, it's so absurd and so different that, in a weird way, like, it feels perverse, rude to be like, oh, yes, I would love to watch. The team that just fired their head coach starting Aiden O'Connell at quarterback. You know, I would love to watch them play play Zach Wilson and the Jets on Sunday night. Why, thank you very much. It's funny. You keep seeing the reports like, oh, Zach Wilson, unaware
0: locker room <laughs> is turning on him or whatever it may be. And somehow Robert Sala seems to be getting Tanner and a darker
1: beard every single week. That beard is so dark. I mean, that is like Bryce Harper's dad at the Home Run Derby dark right now. Uh, that is, like, that's not just for men. That is the time. Shoe polish. That's like when Creed Bratton thought that uh, Ryan was going to fire all the old people in the office, so he dyed his hair with the toner from the copier. Like, that's what's, that was rough. That was Carlos Boozer's hair rough. <sighs> It's, the, it's ball, the baldness doesn't help it. It just makes it look more stark.
0: Meanwhile, Aaron Rodgers is, hey, I have full faith in that Hackett. Hackett can do this. There's one. Which if you're Nathaniel Hackett, it, don't you just automatically go to the excuse of,
1: Zach Wilson, what do you want me to do? <laughs> well, here's the thing. Even if Jet fans are saying, you know, fired Nat Hackett and and this is atrocious and we just saw it this week with Ken Dorsey in, in Buffalo he's not going anywhere like as long as Aaron Rodgers intends to play football I don't think it's this year but as long as he plans to play for them in the future he's there I mean that was the package that they bought now like will Randall Cobb make it Alan Lazar, like there's a shelf life to receivers I get it they may not all all be there but if Rodgers is going to be the quarterback, Hackett's going to be the OC, apparently, you know, unless there's some kind of split or you know Rodgers gives up that, which if you watch Hard Knocks, I don't believe he's giving up any modicum of control in, in that situation. So I don't even think he needs to put up the excuse. This is such like a, a mulligan of a year that whatever he does with Zach Wilson is, is what it is. It's not going to be like Buffalo where they underperform offensively you go, okay, that's it, we we'll are fire the coach.
0: Yeah, it's going to be interesting. And I don't think there's probably not going to be any type of shakeup, I would assume, with the Jets. But someone's got to look around and be like, hey, we had a head start on trying to find another quarterback over all these other teams. There were plenty of people available, free agent or just available by trade. Uh not that I think Carson Wentz is by any means the answer for anything, but the report came out, he reached out to the Jets before he signed with the Rams, like, hey, I'm here if you want me to come in. We're good with we're good with Zach Wilson. Josh Dobbs was clearly out there, which, you know, he's America's sweetheart right now
1: for the well. Vikings. And if you're the, yeah, which by the way, I I was reminded a little bit before we went on air. Uh, do you remember who Josh Dobbs started the season as the backup quarterback for the Cleveland Browns, yeah, The Cleveland Browns? I mean, just how, and now they have Dorian Thompson. Robinson is going to start this weekend, which we saw a little bit of him early, which they're really playing pretty. up. I
0: saw a thing this today, like, oh, the reason that they let Josh Dobbs go is because we really believe in him we think he can
1: be a ball player and remember during the preseason it was sort of like this "Ah, he had a couple fun plays and i think he had some highlights and i think people were a little intrigued by it but in the same vein like why perhaps we haven't seen malik cunningham with the patriots it's well yeah he's a third stringer playing against third string fourth string guys who may not make the practice squad that's who he's doing this against they sort of foresee this. The Browns uh, obviously did not because uh, DTR has has struggled. But going back to the, the Jets thing, they're painted in such a corner. You have to start Zach Wilson. You, you really I mean, And right now, if you go away from him, and, and the Patriots are in that same sort of boat with Mac Jones, but for the Jets, they kind of sold the fan base on, we got Aaron Rodgers, this is also going to help Zach Wilson. We're not willing to say that we screwed up that we took the number two pick and took Zach Wilson Now The entire quarterback class now looks horrible. And there is no Pat Mahomes sitting there that went at 10 that you passed up on. You also didn't trade up like San Francisco either. But they put the narrative out there that Zach Wilson was going to get better as a product of having Aaron Rodgers. So if Rodgers goes down and you go, oh, but wait, we really planned on giving him this year off. We need to go get Kirk Cousins you're kind of just lighting that, that pick on fire, which at this point, and we've had the Josh Rosen comparison a million times with the quarterbacks and, and teams moving on, you're saying it's done. And, and if you're the Patriots, you're doing the same thing with Mac Jones. And uh, I mean, the Bears, well, they may have done that with Justin Fields if he had been healthy. So not unprecedented, but they kind of had to like ride it out. And now they may be riding it into the ground because they're, they're not willing to, Admit the error of their ways, let's say.
0: Which, hey, tip of the cap, San Francisco did. They ate, they ate crap on the, okay, we missed on Trey Lance.
1: Well, they you know, they aim for the moon and landed in the stars. It's the same thing that happened with Washington. They spend the number two pick. They give up that plethora of picks that they send to the Rams, and they take RG3. And then they get bailed out because inexplicably they draft Kirk Cousins later in that draft, and everyone's going, what the heck? Why did they take another quarterback? Yeah, I can't remember who they had as a backup at the time, but they were – I mean, people said, you just gave up the farm for a number two pick. Why are you spending – what did they use on Kirk? It fourth, was, I want to say? Yeah. Might third have been or fourth. Third. I, I think, yeah, it was third, third or fourth round pick on Kirk Cousins. Everyone's going, like, what the heck was this? And then it ends up he's the better quarterback You know, four years later, so – That's how it worked in San Francisco, because you're right, they would still be getting murdered for the Trey Lance deal. Uh, Let's see. Cousins.
0: Yeah, seventh pick of the fourth round. Uh, You know what's interesting that I didn't even fully pick up on until today was the Arizona Cardinals spent a fifth-round pick to get Josh Dobbs a week before the season started, who had some success and was playing well, and they traded him to Minnesota with a seventh-round pick to get a sixth-round pick back.
1: (laughs) So what you're saying is if you looked at the draft value chart, uh, apparently Michael Bidwell didn't pony up the extra bucks to, to buy that chart, so they do not understand uh, what value is over a 10 week period for Josh Jobs, which by the way, just when you you said that it, it reminded me that yes Josh Dobbs joined the Cardinals the week before the season started and then he beat the Dallas Cowboys what two weeks later and then goes to Minnesota and wins two straight games after being in the building for a total of like nine days like what two two shade of Josh Dobbs you called him America's sweetheart uh, why wouldn't he be?
0: And someone really climbing up the uh, the current coach's hierarchy is O'Connell.
1: Oh, 100%. Oh, he is. He's I getting some flowers. Well, he has to. And you look at what they did last year, and you start to kind of build that body of work, and you look at all the, the one-score games and the, the tight games that he won last year, and I mean, what was the... The point differential was the like worst of a top two seed or, or whatever it was uh, in playoff history. You know, like all these numbers, and now you look at it, go, "Well, that was a flukish team." Well, now you see the run they're kind of going on without Kirk Cousins and what they've been putting together with Kirk Cousins before he got injured. And you start saying, "Huh, like this guy's this guy's got to be pretty sharp," and, and you like to see that. With I get that it's fun when you get all the young coaches, and then. You kind of prove, oh, maybe they're not all these geniuses, you know, that the Sean McVay coaching tree. They're not every kid who had a cup of coffee with Sean McVay is a coaching genius. Same with you know with the Kyle Shanahan tree. And but it is nice to see Kevin O'Connell go out and go, yeah, no, just good, solid coach, smart, can game plan. Guys seem to like him. You know, doesn't have a a shtick in some way. You know, he's not Mike McDaniel. He's not. I mean, was Stefanski doesn't really have much. He's kind of milk toast, but you know he's not uh, Sirianni. He's not. He, he's kind of like Zach Taylor, where you're like, yeah, no, he's good. Yeah.
0: Now that you mention it, are there really that many bountiful coaching trees when you actually stop and think about it? I mean, what Belichick, arguably greatest coach of all time. His most successful is what, maybe Charlie Weiss at Notre Dame or Mangini and, with the Jets?
1: Ugh, the, I mean, the Mangini thing was short-lived. That was like, what, a year or two, and then it, it kind of fell apart. Yeah, the, the Belichick coaching tree, from a head coach standpoint, I mean, well-documented what happened to Josh McDaniels, or, I mean, Romeo Cornell has been kind of that career assistant that can step in. I mean it seems like he's been an interim head coach everywhere he's ever been. Um I you know, and, and I don't put Vrabel in the Belichick coaching tree. A lot of people do, especially with the recent you know kind of comparison. Right. I think
0: you have come to come coach out. under them to be yeah, in he, the he, tree. He
1: he didn't. I mean he won he finished his career after the Patriots traded him to the Chiefs and then he became I think like linebackers coach at Ohio State for a year. Then with the Texans he was in the same same sort of role and then D.C., and then head coach of the Titans. So really, to me, I don't count it just because he played for him. Because the same thing, I mean, then you could say right? Cl- Cliff Kingsbury and Kevin O'Connell are under the Belichick coaching tree. It really isn't. Uh, in terms One of, of those O-C- two you'd like to claim. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, I, I wouldn't have minded uh, bringing in Cliff as like O.C. or something. I felt like that could have been fun if he ever came back from Thailand. Yeah. Um, Yeah, no, I mean, I would love to claim Vrabel and and welcome him into the bosom if and when, you know, Belichick leaves New England. I I would love to. Well, another one that would be under that tree that doesn't get mentioned enough either is Brian Dable. Dable's been in New England like three different times, and I think he started the same time McDaniels didn't even may have been the one who brought his name up when they were looking for another coaching assistant when they originally hired Josh McDaniel in like 2001 or 2003. Uh, he's been tight ends coach in Foxborough. You know, then he became OC in uh, Alabama. And then, obviously, the the Bills. But there's one I was talking to someone today. I mean, talk about a reversal of fortune. Brian Dable was the coach of the year a year ago, and now, I mean, would you feel safe to say like he's not going to get fired after the season? Like it seems like that chair is hot. I don't believe that it should. The guy, I wouldn't think Tom so. DeVito. I think he that first either, year but-
0: was was so positive and the injuries have been so horrendous. I mean, come on, how many, where is Matt Barkley at in his career that he can't get snaps over Tommy DeVito? I get he's only been there like two weeks, but at some point, okay, you're, you should be old and competent now. Get in there.
1: And where, and this is one that I brought up in preseason, I thought was going to be in New England with the Bailey Zappi news. And I was like, the Patriots are going to go get a veteran. Like, where's Colt McCoy? And maybe everyone's just kind of over it. But, I mean, last year when he came in for the Cardinals, he was competent. I mean, good, solid, good locker room guy, veteran, Uh, has bounced around a little bit. It's got some seasoning. that Case Keenum. Case Keenum, yeah, absolutely. Another one that you kind of forget is not, and we're reminded because we're bashed over the head with well, what about Matt Ryan or what about Tom Brady? Brady?" Yeah, and it's like, okay, well, why don't you think about like realistic, like there are guys, there are guys, I mean, someone I was just reminded of earlier this afternoon was what about Brian Hoyer? You know, he's one who's been quarterback for a long time in a lot of teams. Is he going to be great? No. Is he better than Tommy DeVito? Tom, you're better than Tommy DeVito right now. I'm sorry, but I mean, you watch this game, and you watch it, I'm sure, closer than I did. I mean, what are they doing? Like, what what is the product they're putting on the field? They're not winning. I, I understand that, and I think they understand that. But the product that they're putting on the field, the fact that they lost that Jet game, and, and that was his first you know NFL debut, and they were pretty much refused to throw the ball, and then they let him throw a couple of screens that got blown up in overtime. But, like, you lost a game that was... Damn near impossible to lose to a team that I'm not sure was really trying to win, the New York Jets. And now it's just kind of continued from there. I, I really Tom don't know what to make of the game next weekend between the Patriots and Giants. I I honestly don't, because every time I think the Patriots, like in my preview. I'm like, I can't pick the Patriots. I can't pick the Patriots. And then I look and they go, well, I mean, it's the Colts. Yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. All
1: right, you know, like, like they, they have to win one of these. Like they and here's, they keep losing close bad games. You know, they're luckily they're kind of out of the like we're not getting blown out every week. Like they hung around with the Dolphins and they beat the Bills and they played a close one with the Raiders and they played a close one with the Commanders and they played a rock fight close, you know, blitzkrieg with the Colts like it will be a close game but neither of these teams i mean tom this game legitimately and i know we joke this game might end 9 to 7 we just had a 10 to 6 game it very well might and i saw someone
0: write the other day like we'll see where the patriots are cuz if they're thinking future maybe stevenson should have you know a sore knee this week or something that puts him on the list
1: well, but. and it's not even it's not even that Tom. The, there's people in this fan base like we are beyond Bailey Zappi because I think even most of the Zappi supporters I a lot of them, Will Greer buzz. I was just gonna say, like we went from Zappi to we just need to start Will Greer. Let's just see what Will Greer has. I'm like, why do we care what Will Greer has? That is the talk of people who are also in the we need Drake May or we need Marvin Harrison whatever it is we need to get in the top three which at this point at two and eight I agree you just get in the top three and I think we're gonna see a plethora because it's already starting of the can the Patriots get Caleb Williams can they get Drake May or are they even better off getting the third pick getting Marvin Harrison and then taking like a Jaden Daniels you know later I don't know it, it it's that's where we are but you're right the the will Greer who was on the preseason carousel of third string quarterbacks. It was like Will Greer, Matt Corral, then Will Greer again. And then Ian Book, I think, was in for like a day. And everyone's was like, kind of, what are they doing? You know, and, and I would really love to know more about what went into releasing Bailey Zappi, releasing Malik Cunningham, signing Corral, cutting Corral, signing Greer, cutting Greer, signing Book, cutting Book, bringing back Greer. Like, it was such an odd – and at the time, we had one quarterback – on the roster, and they didn't. I kept waiting for that olive branch to a Hoyer or McCoy or Keenum or someone like that. It just it never came. Like, all right, I mean, I guess just bringing Zappy again. I was like, what? What was any of that for? What was the Chinese fire drill? And now people want Will Greer to start. Like, and these are people who couldn't pick Will Greer out of a lineup. Hundred percent, they couldn't. And they're like, wow, we might as well start Will Greer. It's like, you are just saying a name right now. This is the NFL draft. When, when fans, Tom, are like... You are just want
0: some hope. Any type of hope.
1: Any port need the, in the storm. We need, that, we need that left tackle out of AM. It's like, you don't even know his name. You know his position and maybe hey, the school.
0: Will Greer had some nice plays for the Cowboys in the preseason. I thought he outplayed Cooper Rush. Do with that what you will.
1: <laughs> I mean, you do love Cooper Rush.
0: Uh, though I will say, knowing that the Giants game, there was a chance it was going to end up like it did <laughs> this past week. Part of me wanted them to activate Trey Lance just to see, just see him in there a little bit. Say, okay, what is, what does this look like? How has he progressed? Just can he bring something in a Tyson Hill change up every now and again, but that didn't happen. We did get a little bit of Cooper Rush down the down the stretch. It does seem fitting almost that all this time looking for, you know, an elite weapon, watch the Patriots will end up with Marvin Harrison Junior, who looks just unbelievable, but then you'll have like Bailey Zappi or Will Greer trying to throw to him.
1: Well, and that's kind of the point that I you come to as a Patriots fan, and I think it was Tommy Kern made a good point. He goes, you know, as bad as it is, and I, he made the point, you know, he doesn't think that Mac Jones should start another game this season. He did say, he goes, look, he's going to be under a rookie contract next year, and unless they trade him, he's probably going to be on the roster. So you have him, and you then kind of draft his replacement, and you have sort of a year where maybe there's the competition of Mac's trying to play for his job. If he gets beat out, you probably trade him before the season starts. But you have that other guy, which is why I sort of like the idea of, I mean, they're still saying, uh, I heard today Mike Renner had uh, Jaden Daniels at LSU as the fifth best quarterback in this draft. I mean, that is if Shador Sanders doesn't come out, and there's a couple of prospects that they think will probably return to school, or at least it seems like they will. And Daniels, after we just saw what he did to Florida, 600 yards, you could look at that and go, oh, this guy, I mean, he might win the Heisman Trophy and looks like a guy who may be there at the top of the second round. It's a weird sensation to pick that high in the draft, but to look at it as, I mean, how many times have we seen the Jets or the Browns take one of the top players at number two, you know, and then they get another guy at, you know, number 34, and you go, oh, damn, like, they just got two of the top, like, six players in the whole draft with the second pick of the first and second round. If you're the Patriots, that. That would be nice to get a quarterback and the wide receiver in those first two rounds if you can't get a Drake May or maybe a Caleb Williams.
0: Who would have thought a couple months ago that Drake May would be back in the lead for first pick of the draft? Like, everything was, it's the Caleb Caleb Williams draft. It's all about Caleb Williams. Had a couple electric games to start the season. And now he's just... You know, losing every week, crying in the stands after.
1: Well, and and, and it is more of Caleb Williams' performance than it is Drake May. I mean, I've seen some of May, and May has been very good, and he has the tools and a little more size and and everything that goes along with that. Yeah, you know, but North Carolina has been good, but they haven't been like a world beater. I mean they they've been winning games, but you know they kind of not struggled, but they were kind it's of it's North Carolina. Against. It's North Carolina. It's it's Mac Brown. There's some weeks where they're going to put up 45, and they all look like first round picks. Or the next week, they you know may score 25 against Duke. You you really can't tell. It's been sort of the Caleb Williams. Not I, dec- I mean decline is probably the word, but don't we always get to this point where there's a guy who's the consensus number one, and then everyone sort of creates the the subplot of well. Like, maybe he isn't. Yeah it's, like I, more,
0: uh, yeah, it's more about his tribulations, if you will.
1: Yes, yes, where you forget about the crazy throws, the wild athleticism, the winning football games. And, and part of that is just, I mean, USC has lost a lot of these high-profile games and where they've fallen down the rankings. I mean, three weeks ago, you know, they had lost their second game and everyone's looking at it like, eh, well, is he going to take the rest of the season off? And no one would blame him. There are people saying that he should. And he said, nope, I'm playing. This is my team. I'm a football player. I'm going to play the season. And for like one afternoon, everyone said, oh, that's admirable. And then they lost another game and everyone goes, "Ah, okay, well, this team's a loser. This guy's a loser. You know, Lincoln Riley might be on the hot seat at USC. He probably isn't, but maybe. And they're kind of pinning it all on him where it's like, well, it's not his fault the defense gives up 50 a game. I mean, they were in shootouts there for like three weeks in a row where I think they scored in the 40s and lost. I mean, the offense is still producing he's, you know, a couple fumbles here and there. And you're right. He's crying in the stands. And I don't know. People are giving him a hard time for that. It feels like we're kind of dinging him unnecessarily to a point.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: It'll all change. It change the, the draft process. It changes six times and it'll change again at their pro days. And it'll change again if they work out at the combine or if Drake may plays at the senior bowl or you know, whatever it is.
0: Well, yeah. I mean, what? Seven months ago. <clears throat> How many people were saying, "Oh, C.J. Stroud's not even a first-round pick. I wouldn't use a first-round pick on him." Sure, he, he can't translate it. He won't be good in the pros, and he's now what? I I know he's in the top ten for MVP on like FanDuel.
1: Oh, has to be. Has to be. I don't. And,
0: and, I don't remember the most recent, but he was around like seven or eight for MVP.
1: Well, and how much of that as well? Tom, when you look at CJ Stroud, how much of that was what, and, and it's tough to put yourself back in this place with, with what Justin Fields was doing last year, because I've always had the same thing. I, I look at positions and colleges and going kind of like how the Patriots have a tough time drafting receivers, but the Steelers always do. If the Steelers take a receiver, I'm assuming they're going to be good. And if they come to the Patriots, I assume they're probably going to be Taquan Thornton. There are certain schools in certain positions I always kind of like, a wide receiver from Ohio State, sign me up. Running back, I'll probably have some. Quarterback, no thank you. I will pass because they just don't compute to the NFL. It hasn't. And I think Stroud got a little more benefit of the doubt because they saw the flashes of Justin Fields. And people said, okay, it's a new day in Columbus. The quarterbacks that Ohio State's producing, they got a little juice. And I think that helped with his his production and what he did against Georgia. Not to be discounted in what is a game that is one of the greatest I've ever watched. The the ball, how that game doesn't have a a nickname because literally the game-ending field goal attempt was at the same second the ball was dropping. I mean, it, it was insane. But that game that he had against the vaunted Georgia Bulldogs, And almost won, I think, just vaulted him up there. But you're right, and people didn't want to – they didn't think he was the second-best quarterback. They said it wasn't an argument with Bryce Young, and then it became such, and it became a year where people needed quarterbacks. So, no, you you, you make a great point with that, and that's just where we are in the draft process, where people love Drake May because they love to kind of change the field. We will probably see a point where the next step is, if Marvin Harrison has a big game against Michigan – that he's the number two pick and that it's it's May, Harrison, and maybe Caleb Williams if a team needs a quarterback. Make no mistake, quarterbacks are going one-two. It will happen.
0: only way I see it not happening would be if somehow you know Chicago ended up with the first two picks. But even then, I would guess they would trade the second one to whoever wanted think. the second quarterback.
1: You would think it would make more sense because then they could get more picks and it might just be a matter of someone moving up you know, no. or, or could be like you
0: know. one spot or two spot, and you could get you know the quarterback of your choosing and Marvin Harrison.
1: Well, I mean, they traded the number one pick a year ago. You know, they they could have taken. I mean, they they were pretty set at that point with Justin Fields, and you know they could have done that. But you're right, from a capital standpoint, it makes more sense to do that and get maybe Joe Walt at you know at a Notre Dame or. um uh, Brock Bowers. I mean, they love tight ends, and I mean, the Bears have Cole Komet, so they don't necessarily need one, but they do love a lot of tight ends. Meanwhile, uh,
0: I do have to apologize. As last week, I said there was zero shot that the Cardinals were going to activate Kyler Murray and put him in with the opportunity to either A, get hurt, or B, win games, and they activated him, they put him in, played decent, and they won a game. <laughs> Went from, I think they were the second pick before the day, and the, they jumped to like five, whatever, tiebreakers and such that don't matter yet. But like, color me surprise, I did not see that coming. And I had some people I was talking to like, of course, that's why they traded Dobbs. I was like, I just assumed, no, nope, we're going to go with Tombs and really just let this stench build. And then start anew the next year. But the fact they put him in, assuming he plays, you know, decent, whether or not he looks like he did a couple of years ago, I would assume that's kind of a nod to we want him still to be the guy next year.
1: Well, I think from a financial standpoint, it, the financial aspect of it makes it fascinating because. What we were hearing was that they were enamored with Caleb Williams and they were gonna make a move to try to get the number one pick. Now, I mean they're not winning anything this year, but they looked very capable and Kyler looked way better than we thought. He looked fast
0: for coming off of
1: looked very fast. And now it's been eleven months. I mean that injury happened beginning of December.
0: Which is oddly long
1: nowadays. Yeah, I mean, guys come back in six months or eight eight months, I think is that kind of eight to nine is sort of typical. So 11 felt like they were kind of holding them out. But at the same time, like, I didn't know who was going to want Kyler Murray from a trade standpoint. Coming off an injury, you already have him signed to the extension. So it's not like you're getting him on any sort of discount or a solid contract. Like, you're paying him a lot of money. So for the Cardinals there's so much dead cap involved in what they would have to eat if they moved on from him. I'm sure it doesn't make financial standpoint. It doesn't make a lot of sense though. I'm trying to think of anyone else on that roster that they're paying. I don't know. I I think they're going to play themselves out of it. And part of that could be, they look at it and say, okay, if we're in the top five and they can get Alt or Bowers or, or even a Harrison at three, I mean, at this point, just that win against Atlanta, I mean, that moved them to fifth, you know, some, somewhere yeah. around there in the draft order because it's something I have to pay attention to now. Yeah.
0: Whatever um, the 10 tiebreakers are currently. Yeah,
1: exactly. And so I think for them, they're kind of looking at it going, well, okay, maybe we just draft in the top 10 again. We get a, another piece. We put it with Kyler. We try to go in free agency and bring other guys out there. Um, do i think it's the most successful way to go about it Eh, probably not but again i always preach continuity like you can't just keep changing course you can't fire your head coach every two years you can't swap ocs every season we've seen with i'm looking jones when you have a different oc every single season there's no continuity there's no um well continuity is the word right there you know you have no steady steady offense to learn so yeah, it, it is a uh, fascinating uh, turn of events that I don't think either of us saw coming. Of him coming back and playing, and him coming back and playing well, and the Cardinals looking like they have some intent. And part of that may have to do with Seattle. Maybe looks a little rocky at times. Maybe you know just inconsistent. And then the Rams look like they're poised to take a, a downturn here for the next several years. So maybe they're looking, going, "Hey, maybe we can start picking up some wild card spots here in the next few years if we can build around Kyler Murray." better than the full rebuild. Let's see. Not a lot of news for our teams
0: this week. Probably surprisingly not that much for the Patriots. They we're did buy. they we're, did we're, we're in t- fact we're, we're let a week off. They did in fact let Bill Belichick ride on the uh the team plane back to America. Uh one guy they let ride the plane back and that was about it was Jack Jones, <laughs> who, Which,
1: if you read my Patriot notebook on Monday morning, um, him getting released by the Patriots and him, him meeting Jack Jones was probably a kinder fate than what he was facing uh, otherwise, because they asked Jabril peppers after the game, uh, what his thoughts were on Jack Jones, you know, only playing 10 snaps and sitting at the end of the bench away from his team. And he said, oh, I'm going to talk to him. And the look on Jabril Peppers' face, I was like, oh, he is going to eat this individual. Like, Jabril Peppers, I love watching Jabril Peppers in a season where everything has gone wrong. If one thing is gone right for the Patriots, Jabril Peppers is so much fun to watch. He's a hitter. He makes plays, you know, picking up fumbles, interceptions. He plays physical, plays all out all the time. I, I love watching Jabril Peppers. The way he said he was going to talk to Jack Jones. You're like, oh, oh, he's in deep, deep trouble. And then they released him. And I, I even wrote in the Patriot notebook. It would be a, it would be mercy for the Patriots to just release Jack Jones than to have him have a conversation with your Bo peppers. And then sure enough, the next day they released him. Yeah, he missed uh, he missed curfew
0: the week before against the commanders. And the story I read was said something along the lines of, they told him they were giving him one more chance to get his stuff together, and he did not. And that's all it said.
1: Well, and there was that, and he came out and said, "I was never late for a meeting, or was I? Did I miss curfew?" And I believe the report was, it wasn't that he was late for curfew; he didn't show up at the team hotel. Just I'm not late second. if I'm never there. He was never there, and, and I'm not tardy thing. if I'm absent. Well, and that's the same thing that happened with J.C. Jackson. J.C. Jackson was late as well. They didn't even take him to Germany. So neither of them are really uh, doing a whole lot to help this organization right now. And I think there's a chance as well that J.C. Jackson certainly will not be back next year, but he may not last the season as well because Bill is not not putting up with knuckleheads right now. He's got plenty. Fun fact, Jack Jones gets signed by the Raiders whose head coach is Antonio Pierce, who was his was Jack Jones high school coach, and when he pretty much got kicked out of USC and went to Arizona State, was a coordinator on the Arizona State Sun Devils under Herm Edwards. So he coached him in high school, college, and is now his head coach in the NFL.
0: I never feel like Troubled player signs with Raiders
1: ends no. well. Well, and, and we're seeing it. If you look at this, in God, how many how many years has it been? Is it three years? Three years that they've been in Vegas? Uh two. I want to say two in the stadium. Th- this is this is year three. Because you're right, there were fans there, that's how I decide everything, there were fans there for the opener, because it was that crazy game with, I want to say, the Ravens in week one, so that was 2021. 21 20, So we're in year three, we're not even through three years in Las Vegas. And you look at the things that are happening, you know, you look at the Chandler Jones saga from earlier this year, you had the Henry Ruggs incident, and, and I get that these things unfortunately happen in the NFL, but not exactly the most stable sort of, I mean, go all the way back to Antonio Brown and I can't remember. No, that had, that was before the pandemic. So they were still in, in Oakland at that yep. point. But, you know, you, remember the you had the hot thing, air balloon
0: yeah. to training camp.
1: Yeah. And you had the Gruden thing, which I mean, that's not like a product of Las Vegas, but I, I don't know. It's just a lot's happened around that franchise. But the fact that now when a guy like Jack Jones signs with Las Vegas, the first thing everyone thinks of is, is this the environment for that guy? Is this going to help him? And maybe Antonio Pierce will. Obviously, there's a relationship there going back to high school, but is Las Vegas where he needs to be?
0: I get it all the time. Like, ooh, see that kid that transferred into UVM? Is Burlington the place for this guy? Oh, is it too hot? Too happening?
1: It, it, I mean, it, it's Sin City. That's what, that's what people call it.
0: Let's. uh. Take a look at week eleven. We got Bengals Ravens
1: tomorrow. You mean a or good today. Thursday night? A, a, a,
0: In a theory good Thursday
1: night game? What the hell?
0: It both coming off of tough losses. You know, Bengals lost to what I think is a decent Houston team with a red hot quarterback. And the Ravens. Continue to find ways to lose games down the stretch and not be able to close them out, which is starting to become a thing. It has been for a couple of years now where they're getting these big leads, and you would think of all the teams to like close out a lead, you would think Baltimore, because they tend to amass more rushing yards than any other team in the National Football League. But they have not been able to do so.
1: Well, and that Cleveland loss is brutal. Just inexplicably, they stop running for no good reason at all. Yeah, they're they're perplexing. Uh, seems like everyone has like one critical flaw, and this one will be. I'm really looking forward to watching this game on on Thursday night or tonight, uh, if you're listening to this, because it is it, one of them has to finish this game. Someone has to, like something has to give with these two teams because well, we just saw it. L- look at week 10. Look at the most recent history. You know, one claws their way. The, the Bengals claw their way back into that Texans game, get a couple turnovers, near pick six, cash in quick, and then just kind of blow it on defense. And the Ravens, don't ask me how they lost that game. And, and <laughs> what could be Deshaun Watson's swan song. No, he'll be back. Next year, maybe.
0: Yeah, they Well, next year at a minimum. Uh <laughs> not much else you can do about it. That is soon. fully guaranteed, baby.
1: <laughs> you may not regret it today, you may not regret it tomorrow, but soon and for the rest of your life. They were talking about regret in Casablanca. They could have been talking about the Deshaun Watson contract in Cleveland.
0: What's funny is they had this whole mystery shoulder issue for a month and then it comes out today he's going in for surgery season ending for a broken bone in his shoulder and, Did you read their statement? and then the quote is like deshaun watson shocked shocked about injury and season ending surgery i'm like what who is shocked we've been dealing with this for a month of what's wrong with it Oh, he has
1: no zip on the ball at all? Don't I know what's his, wrong? I think his shock was he didn't know the MRI, what part of the body it was on. Because if you read that, I mean, it was a roller coaster. You start off with, yeah, we had to check out his a high ankle sprain, and that was okay. It wasn't bad. He was going to miss some time. But then as we continued, we realized his shoulder was really messed up, and that's going to require surgery, so he's going to miss the rest of the season.
0: Went in for an MRI on his ankle, and then he slipped on the table, and whoa, he slid, and his shoulder got imaged, and we're like, whoa, something going on there.
1: Yeah, they, they don't realize, like, you can't get out of this. You can't do what, uh, what the Cardinals can do. Tom, here's a game uh, this weekend. Like Brown Steelers, that's one where it's like two teams that are 6-3, and and it's like, God, I hope that's not the local game because I do not want to watch the Browns uh, with DTR, at quarterback. But the teams we've just talked about, talking about C.J. Stroud, the Houston Texans host the Arizona Cardinals. That is suddenly a very interesting game, and if the Cardinals somehow pull off a win in Houston, which they very well could because as good as the Texans have looked,
0: they lost to the Panthers.
1: They lost to the Panthers. Hundred. That's all you need to say. The rest of the season, whenever anyone is getting a little too big for their texan britches, is that they lost it. They they were the one in one in nine or whatever they are to to paraphrase Paul Heyman. But now, like, if the Cardinals go out and win that, I mean, suddenly you're going to get the oh Kyler's back. This is the guy before the injury. I don't know. uh, That that one is. That's an interesting game in a weekend that it's a pretty good slate on paper. Last week, garbage slate, but the games were fantastic. This week, I have high hopes.
0: I don't have high hopes for when the local TV plays Giants Commanders. I don't. I don't have high hopes for that. Another one that, just like your game a few weeks ago, we'd say probably garbage suddenly Vikings Broncos Sunday night. Mm-hmm. A few weeks ago, literally, we made fun of this game being on primetime. You know, the Broncos are on a roll. Sean Payton starting to get some of that maybe he is a good coach vibe back. Which coincidentally, all of a sudden, people are pointing out now that Nathaniel Hackett might not be that good anymore. <laughs> what a roller coaster that was after they beat the Broncos and Broncos are struggling. Oh, Sean Payton. He's lost it. How dare he say things about Nat Hackett? And now Jets are awful, and the Broncos are starting to surge a little bit. And the Vikings, like we said, are just fun to watch. Dobbs is flying around. And let me tell you, if they have not settled all the... Brian Flores lawsuit stuff. He's going to have some real evidence to bring to the table. If nobody reaches out for him for a head coach next year again.
1: Oh, a hundred percent. And he's a guy. I, it, I've had him on my list of guys who, if Bill were to leave, you know, my list has always been kind of what I, the Belichick coaching tree. I've always said Dable Mayo, Brian Flores like in no particular order like those are the three that I would be most intrigued with now Vrabel is kind of my home run pick but Flores has always been on there and 100% he's one that you guys got to get a look but again I I think that is sort of the glaring thing now is what does this lawsuit look like and what does that sort of produce and and how does that go because I could also see owners using that as a a convenient reason not to Owners hold grudges. And they band together. I mean, they they call it collusion, but they will band together on it. And, you know, oh, no, we we didn't want to either. And it's like, oh, yeah, no. They all say, well, it's happening to this owner, so I'm not going to do it. And they all kind of have that galaxy brain thought of, like, none of them are going to be the one to do it. Uh, But, no, that's when Vikings Broncos, when they showed the graphic at the end of last Sunday's game after Jets Raiders, I saw it and immediately went, oh, <laughs> when a weeks ago, we're like, God, get the Broncos out of prime. I am still sort of hoping that the Patriots Broncos on Christmas Eve. And this isn't Christmas Eve day. This is Sunday night football on December 24th, 815 kickoff. I'm like, For the love of God, flex us. Out of that. <laughs> like, we don't need to ruin Christmas. Eve. I should be watching a Christmas story in my sweats. I should not have to watch the Patriots and Broncos at 815 on Christmas Eve. I don't need to start Christmas like I don't need to be up until 1 a.m. writing the notebook.
0: Plenty of plenty of other American uh, American males females who are anti-Patriots, though, will be enjoying their Christmas Eve.
1: Possibly. <laughs> Well, and now that the Broncos are looking capable a couple weeks ago, I'm like, dear God, I mean, like, we might win that one. And now it's like, all right, yeah, we're definitely uh, probably not. Th- I mean, the game of the week, by the way, I'm going to look up like what game we could flex it, it into that spot. Meanwhile, Chiefs Eagles Monday night. I mean, Monday, I mean th- this is like, remember when the Chiefs played the Rams on Monday night and it ended up like 54, 51 or whatever it was? Was that the one yeah. in
0: Mexico? No.
1: No, but it was at the Coliseum because it was when they hadn't built SoFi yet. So you had the the LA Coliseum. The only downside was the Rams were wearing those horrible like color rush Monday night jerseys. But otherwise, I mean, one of the great Monday night games of all time. This one is as highly anticipated a regular season game as you get. Super Bowl rematch. Still look like two of the best teams in the NFL. I think, if anything, the Chiefs, you know, have kind of showed ass a little bit in the last couple of weeks. The Eagles seem to be getting better and better. I don't know. It's The Eagles are coming off a bye. The Chiefs are coming off a bye. Like, it's just a recipe for success.
0: God help Travis Kelsey if the Chiefs lose this game for all the people that are going to come after him for spending a day in Argentina on his bye week. Oh, dear God. And trust me, I know this. Because if yes, you recall, you Tony Romo Tony and, Romo Jason, and Witten. Jason Witten took a trip to Cabo, I believe, Mexico. Yeah. For a couple days on their bye week for the playoffs, lost and just got hammered about how they don't prepare. And that's just a funny, some old ex high school backup quarterback talking about how they don't prepare and they don't have the love for the game that they should. They're not taking it seriously as they should. It just makes me laugh. But, Oh, that was, that was no small thing when they lost that next week. It was all because they weren't focused and they were in Mexico with their wives. It might've been girlfriend at the time for Tony Romo. I don't remember the timeline.
1: Yeah, no, I, I remember that, and everyone lost their minds. It's like, well, I mean, they don't play a game for 10 days, I don't think. And it's... that's like a one-hour flight
0: from <laughs> Texas to Mexico?
1: It wasn't like they went to Ireland. You know, It's like, how well, are they going to be on a plane for the next 30 hours? I might. Um, so just changing the subject away from these great games. I'm just looking for any reason why we shouldn't have the Patriots. Um play at 815 on christmas eve and it's a pretty terrible slate so just the anatomy of this thursday night saints rams saturday there's two games on december 23rd Bengals steelers which is a great one and bill's chargers another great one so we have two awesome games on december 23rd the su- the sunday slate browns texans well, commanders jets seahawks titans colts falcons Packers, Panthers, this is the best candidate right here. Cowboys Lions Dol- Vikings? Ooh. I thought you'd go Cowboys, Dolphins. Cowboys, well, the problem is Cowboys, Dolphins is 425. Yeah. There's no way Fox is going to let that get flexed out. Oh, that's true. That That's my only thought with that. That They just won't allow that one. Cardinals, Bears isn't going to happen. Jaguars, Bucks isn't going to happen. I think our only chance is that the NFL looks at it and goes, okay, we need to put the Lions, Vikings in prime time. That's... That's my only thought there. And then on Monday you have, ooh, you have a triple header on Christmas: Raiders, Chiefs at one, Giants, Eagles at four thirty, Ravens, Niners at eight fifteen.
0: I can probably hold out till eight fifteen on Christmas Day and give the day, give the day to the kids.
1: Yeah, I'm gonna, I, I mean, I, I wish I was a better man, but I'm gonna have to watch Raiders, Chiefs.
0: I. Uh... I'm not, nor am I. I am not excited about watching any Giants game the rest of the way. And they're on my God dang TV every single freaking week.
1: No, to be fair. I mean, at least this week, like the Cowboys are playing the Panthers. I mean, I know obviously you want to watch that, but at least you're not missing a good game. I mean, you'll win by 50. Like there is no planet where this is a 20 point game. One would hope
0: finally got Brandon cooks cooking pun intended. So that was good. Tony Pollard is still, I feel like Tony Pollard, like he got his franchise tag made a good amount of money this year, but I feel like Tony Pollard might not be on the Cowboys next season.
1: It's funny. It seems like everyone has just saw this workload thing coming where they're like, yeah, heavy workload. It's just not going to work. So I think someone, unless they're looking for a change of pace, uh, you know, I could see him in a, I don't know, put him in like Pacheco in Kansas City or something. I, I don't know. It, it's you're right. It, it hasn't really worked, but uh, yeah, nothing. Watching against... a little bit of that Cowboys Giants, it was interesting to see Brandon Cooks. There was a brief moment where I go, "Who the, who the heck is this guy?" Yeah, you know, I wasn't used to him wearing number three. I hadn't really seen much of him all season, and I went, "Oh yeah, God, that's right. He he's on this team."
0: Well, he had very little production so far this season and couple touchdowns, but really not much. But, yeah, breakout as much as you can break out against the New York Giants. Jake Ferguson keeps getting me a touchdown catch every week. God bless.
1: Hey, it was a get right for you. Maybe it would be a good get right for the Patriots in two weeks, though getting right might be getting wrong. We don't know.
0: What if the Giants, the Giants somehow beat the Patriots and that's Bill Belichick's last Patriots game at the hands of the New York
1: Giants? It's not happening during the season. There's no reason for it to happen during the season. I know, but I'm just saying. But no. Oh, for sure. For sure. Oh, believe me, all these scenarios have played their way through my head. Don't don't you worry about that. They have all been calculated.
0: All right. As we uh, get ready. To wrap things up here, we did this last week, and we're going to keep going at least for the foreseeable future because it's it's fun. Let's
1: see.
0: We uh, did the Immaculate Grid last week. Fairly popular new thing. Check it out. ImmaculateGrid.com where more or less it's trivia. You know, it's a three by three grid and then you have different categories you got to find the player that matches and fits based on the popularity of your answers if you pick something that everybody picks you get a higher percentage you want a lower percentage did i explain that
1: as simply as i could i I would say it's a tic-tac-toe board but at the top of each column across the top and down the side There's either an NFL team, and they have it for all sports. Like, I play the baseball one every day. I I like the football one. Um, Or they have, like, you know, and and the one we're looking at right now says first team all pro in one section. So then you would have to come up with, like, a New Orleans Saints first team all pro. And you try to fill out each box until you fill them all. You only get nine guesses. So you kind of have to go perfect. Uh, And like Tom said, the more obscure, the better. Because if you put, you know, first team all pro and you put Drew Brees, like uh, most people are probably going to put Drew Brees, but if you put like um, mm. I'm not putting any thought of, like Willie Rofe, you know you probably get a lot higher score. Marcus Colston, maybe. Like I don't know. All right, Let, let's 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 uh, let's start with the teams. You want to start uh, Panthers Saints?
0: Panthers Saints. I feel like there's been a decent amount of. I'm thinking cornerbacks. I feel like there's been a lot of intertwined cornerbacks. Difficult
1: because it's the same division. And I always get thrown off with the with the NFC South. Uh one that I believe was both is Jeremy Shockey. Because he went for the Giants, the Saints won a Super Bowl there. Yeah. I want to say he finished his career with like one year with the Panthers. And the reason I remember that is Ben Hartsock telling us the story about Shockey giving him the Heimlich maneuver. In the Panthers cafeteria.
0: Yeah, I think you're right. That's a good one.
1: That if, that should be a random one because it's a combo. You know, I mean, Shocky's obviously a well known player, but like no one remembers you remember him as a giant. Like you might put him as a giant in a Saint because he caught a touchdown in the Super Bowl with the Saints. And yeah. If you can pick up that profile, weird, but. obscure
0: he played the last season of his career in this random team.
1: Right. That that
0: final pit stop guy. Which, Jeremy Shockey, 3%. So, very good score. Right. Uh Panthers, Jets.
1: Sam Darnold. <laughs> All right, so a couple jumped to mind. I mean, yeah, Darnold, but Darnold being one, being a quarterback, is going to yeah. score high. Um Also being a relatively, cur- I mean, very current. He was a Panther, what, last year, and he yeah. was a Jet three years ago. Um. So the two names I'm just going to throw out that, that jump to mind initially when I see these two logos. The first one, for some reason, Jericho Cottery. Uh, and the other one, which I'm I am pretty sure on Jer- Jericho Cottery. The one, though, that I'm absolutely certain on, because I've played this one many times in Immaculate Grids, is uh, Vinny Testaverdi. I was going to say Testaverde. Vinny Josh G- McCown, J- I feel like, did. Dude, I get so thrown off with the McCowns. I feel like
0: Josh McCown played there for both,
1: but he played for
0: most everybody.
1: It's like 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 when I do the NBA grids, I can put Robin Lopez in most squares. (laughs) Yeah, it's fun the guys that you know have played for a million. Baseball is great for that. You're like, can I play Ricky Henderson or Julio Franco or Octavio Dotel? Like, give me those guys that have played for 14. Edwin Jackson's another good one. He's almost played for too many teams, though. Uh, yeah, Vinny's a good one because he played for the Jets, and then I believe his final one year or two years mm. were the Panthers. Did
0: Keyshawn uh-huh. play for the Panthers, or did I make that up in my head?
1: He, yeah, yeah, did yeah. I think he finished there after the Bucks. I feel like I should know that because I think I played him for something, and I wanted to say it was the Panthers. No, I think you're, I think you're right on that one. Either way, which one do you want to go with? Um, Testa Verde's probably going to score higher, but he's the one I'm kind of most certain on. Like, I think I'm pretty sure Cochery's on the list, but I don't know. I, I feel confident in Vinny 88.
0: I'll look up after to see. Yeah, five,
1: only 5%. 5% that's not bad. Um, the other thing I always do is I get fixated on one guy and then you look like, oh, I could have played him someplace else. It's like, ah, damn.
0: Next, we have Panthers and Vikings. Adam Ooh. Thielen
1: would be the uh, the one probably very high. Sometimes they just bait you into some of these. Where they're like, oh, I'll just give you this one. You're like, oh, yeah, but everyone's going to put the yeah. guy who like, just had a good game and just came from one team to the other. And- uh, Teddy Bridgewater. Good one. I forget about Bridgewater with a lot of these that he's... In my head, he's still relatively young, but I mean, he's been on the Saints, the Broncos, the Vikings, the Dolphins. Uh,
0: our Panthers. last year, our last week's pick, I believe, Jared Allen.
1: Jared Allen finished his career with the yeah. uh, with the Panthers.
0: I don't have hmm. too many more on top of my head.
1: <laughs> the, that's pretty good because I looked at these two logo. It really not like the last one with with Panthers Jets. Nothing really jumped uh, what out. What was there. uh. Weren't they brothers out of USC? Linemen? Oh. Uh, uh, Khalil.
0: Talking... What was
1: his first name? Matt Khalil and Ryan Khalil? Yeah. yeah I feel like but, one no, of them. It, I think Matt. See, but this is where you get screwed up in this game is where you go, oh, and, and sometimes I'll see two teams and I will be thinking of if they played each other in a Super Bowl, and then all I could think about is that Super Bowl. And I'm like, our, like a big playoff game, and all I can picture is the guys on one team playing in that stadium, and it throws me all off. So I will stay away from the Khalils because I could never keep them straight when they played. So that takes us to what, uh, Teddy B? He's going to be hot. I mean, do you want to play Jared Allen? Yeah, you can do that. I, I like Jared Allen. He was always a favorite of mine. I think that would be... Uh... 25% up uh, relatively high, but I mean, a, a guy who may be a Hall of Famer. Right, Bengals, Saints. Jeez, I might got nothing on this one. <laughs> Bengals and Saints. Uh, I feel like there's probably a receiver. Yeah, I was trying to go, or a running back, you know, did Andy Dalton. Andy Dalton would be a slam dunk pick right there. Uh That was going to be pretty high I would think cuz he played so long for the Bengals.
0: i mm-hmm. I'm not thinking of many. many you no, know,
1: I'm I'm really, the Saints are one of those teams that you really you jump to the Super Bowl 44 team and you just think of those guys and and there's not a lot that same with the Bengals. You really think of those couple of good teams that have you, know, you think Hushman Zada and Chad Johnson and you start thinking of running backs, you know Corey Dillon and Rudy Johnson and Eli uh, Carl- Apple. Eli Apple's another guy who's played for a lot of teams. I used him for in a very giant, short
0: period of time.
1: Very. I used him as a I think Giant Bengal the other day. Let's not let's not dwell. Let's go Andy Dalton. We're we're going to take a hit, but th- this is one of those like tournament games where it's like just get the win and get the hell out of here.
0: Take it and keep it moving. Ooh, forty six.
1: Forty six. It hurts, but it's under fifty.
0: Probably should have went with Eli Apple. That's okay.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's true.
0: But then Bengals, you have to have
1: Eli Apple on your team, and that never works out well.
0: Bengals Jets. A very popular, always available uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick play. <laughs>
1: i always kind of gloss over the uh when i think of ryan fitzpatrick i forget about the rams the texans and the bengals those are always the three that i'm like they're not in the afc east what the hell um let's see i mean we, we got to be able to avoid there's got to be someone better i'm trying to think of is there a running back that played both i don't want my head always
0: you have to confirm didn't Jeff Blake have a stint with the Jets after the Bengals, I think? Because I know Jeff Blake played for the Bengals. He did play for the Bengals. I feel and... like he had a stint with the Jets.
1: You know, there are teams that get frustrating because they've only had, like, like you go, when you get the Chargers, like, in our lifetime, Tom, the Chargers have had, like, four quarterbacks. Like, no one talks about that, that they pretty much had, Well, I mean, you had Ryan Leaf, but, like, Leaf didn't really play anywhere else besides, you know, maybe, what, Dallas? I think he actually played. Yeah, but it's like they go from Stan Humphrey and the Super Bowl team. They go from that, essentially, with a quick pit stop with Ryan Leaf, Doug Flutie, Drew Brees for a couple of years. And then it's like Phillip Rivers, Justin Herbert, done. Yeah. There's aren't that many. The Jets have just had too many quarterbacks. You're like oh, like was Pennington on both of those? You know some of the backups you forget that were even there. You, know, you forget that Michael Vick was a New York Jet. The Nuge. How popular True. are the field goal kickers? Let's find out. I think that's that's worth finding out. Kickers, you never know if it's a high profile guy. Some people remember it, but I think kickers are always a good play.
0: Go three percent. That takes us to Bengals. Vikings player?
1: Well, that's another one that's not a lot. I mean, the, the Bengals Bengals are kind of the, uh, the Milwaukee Brewers of football for me, where it's sort of just a blind spot where I can think of, like, 10 guys off the top of my head and no one beyond that.
0: Surprisingly, Adrian Peterson did not bounce to the Bengals at any
1: point. No, and that's a... <laughs> Adrian Peterson is definitely a play that I use a lot. Where you, because most of the time, wait, did he play for the Lions? Oh yeah, well, that's right. Did was he in Washington and Arizona and Seattle? I mean, for a great running back, he he definitely had a few late season Franco Harris cameos.
0: This is a difficult one.
1: This is a tough one. Uh, whenever I see the Bengals, I always immediately think of like John Kitna. And then, remember like, Kitna didn't play for that many teams, but in my head pictures, he played for a lot. Um, this isn't a Ted Ginn stop, is it? I don't think. I don't
0: think Ted Ginn ever played for the Vikings.
1: No, because that's one... He, he's another that bounced around, had a lot of kind of one-year cameos around the league.
0: Uh I might have it. Let me... Uh-huh. Former Cowboys great cornerback Terrence Newman.
1: If you if it makes you happy, it can't be that bad.
0: I'm ninety nine percent sure. I know he had the stop with the Vikings for sure, and I'm pretty sure he had one with the Bengals.
1: Thirteen percent. Good job. Nicely done by you. All right, that so now we need. First... I pulled that
0: out of nowhere. <laughs> well,
1: that's a great, and, and Tom, that's actually I think a strategy that I use sometimes where I try to think of like, all right, I think of guys on my because sometimes you just need to think of players, and you think of players from your team. So really, you're adding a third to it, but it gets you kind of thinking of different guys that may have played elsewhere. Mm. All, right, all right, last so row, first team all pro for the Saints, Jets and Vikings.
0: Damn, I thought it was Marcus Colston. I feel like he probably had a year when he was,
1: you know, one of the best wide receivers in the NFL. It's that- hard though with some of those positions because I mean, first team all-pro really means, you know, for receiver, I think they only pick two. So, like was Marcus Colston one of the top 2 receivers? That was a good period of time for receivers because that was like Fitzgerald. And uh, I mean, he was really good, but and not only that, it's not conference based. It is overall. Yeah. So then what? You're thinking maybe defense? I mean, not really a lot of like elite defensive players. I mean, Cam Jordan being a you know, hyper modern player. I mean, Breeze would have to have one on his. You know, somewhere. I mean, even being in the the, being in the the, being in Brady, Manning, Rogers era, you would think you would have to have at least one first-team All-Pro. Um, You think of, like, Hall of Famers. I think Willie Rofe has already made the Hall of Fame. You know, Archie Manning probably was never named. Um, I doubt it. You know, you think of kind of the Dome Patrol there with Ricky Jackson and uh, Von Johnson. Sam Mills. Uh, I mean, Sam Mills is in the Hall of Fame. I don't know if he was a first-team All-Pro. All
0: All right, you make the call.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, let's see. And we could just take the sure win. I mean, our score isn't going to be great on this one. True. But I don't. It's like watch Breeze never have been one. Well, and there's what like one of my favorites with baseball is the fact that you forget that Nolan Ryan never won a Cy Young Award. Well, all right. You, you know what? Let, let's try to. All right. Let's go Willie Rofe. He's a Hall of Famer, offensive lineman. He had to have made one at some point. He played forever. Wow, two two percent, yeah. Great offensive lineman by you. Offensive lineman are like a hack in this. Now I'm only thinking of offensive linemen. Like for the Jets and Vikings, I want to pick like DeBruskash Ferguson and like Mick Tinglehoff or something. So first team all pro for the
0: Jets, you cannot use Vinny Testaverde or Mike Nugent.
1: <laughs> all right, we, we have backed ourselves into a corner.
0: Uh, Darrell
1: Rivas. Revis. Yeah, I mean you could go with Rebus. Let's uh Yeah. I mean let, let's uh, drag this one out. We'll, we'll we'll just knock it down the middle. Forty two percent. Pretty high. But again there's probably not a ton when you really break it down. I mean And the Vikings. Yeah, you your Adrian Peterson's
0: Yup. Randy Moss maybe had a year. He must have. I mean, you would think. I don't think Chris Carter did.
1: Adrian he Peterson. May- I mean, I mean, he may have. I mean, because that was my first. Thought. I was like, do you go with the Chris Carter because he kind of gets overshadowed. I wonder if you know. I'm trying to think of like just Hall of Famers. You know, like Alan Page, John Randall. You know, did John Randall ever have a first team All Pro? Like you would think he would have had to. Mm. love me some john randall who doesn't love john randall you forget he uh finished because <clears throat> i've used him a few times that he finished with the seahawks let's go you know what i'm willing i'm willing to put it on the line we'll, we'll go john he's a hall of famer and if you're a hall of famer there's a good chance you were all pro
0: he was booyah three percent
1: three percent 142
0: right. not bad uh We'll have to tinker with this, see if we can streamline it, maybe a little faster. (laughs) We'll we'll just have to get better. Maybe do it beforehand, then just give you our answers. Well, we'll figure it out. If you have suggestions, send us a message. Uncommon Media on all the Facebooks and the Twitters and
1: all that good stuff. Sterling, where can they read your stuff? They can read myself, uh Every week, have the preview before the Patriots game, and then uh, the morning after, 6 a.m., uh, we release the Patriots notebook, the original Patriots notebook. Uh, this week, haven't quite decided, probably going to have something go up. I don't know if it's going to go up on Friday. Probably at this point, it's going to go up on Monday morning. Just kind of a... Uh, just going to empty the water cooler, you know? Just... just Dumping out the ice bucket at the end of the game. And uh, you know just everything that's going on. Probably a preview, too, of uh, draft scenarios for the Patriots as we kind of go down the stretch and prospects to watch. So that'll be coming out this week. Uh, strongpingry.substack.com. You can subscribe for free.
0: And we'll be back next week right here on the NSO Pod. This has been a production of Uncommon Media.